welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. No, I'm here to encourage dads today and help us see the blessing of being a father or a father's blessing today. I'm going to begin today with some statistics. You may think I'm making some political statements. You may deduce that the things that I say to begin today are social statements. But let me just clear the air. While politics and social warriors use the things I'm going to talk about to their benefit, I'm not speaking today of social or political topics. I'm really building a foundation for a very biblical topic today. When you study families and you study the impact of a father on families, here are some statistics that we should maybe take notice of. When it comes to the topic of poverty, children in father-absent homes are almost four times more likely to live in poverty. 12% of children in married couple families were living in poverty compared to 44% of children in a mother-only family. This is from the U.S. Census Child Living Arrangements and Characteristics Study. Let's talk about physical and emotional health. Data from the three waves of fragile family study also, here I'll, I'll, give, I'll cite the studies here at the end. This was used to examine the prevalence and effects of mother's relationship changes between birth and the age of three on a child's well-being. Children born to single mothers showed higher levels of aggressive behavior than children born to married mothers. Living in a single mothered household is equivalent to experiencing 5.25 partnership transitions. Now this is from the Journal of Marriage and Family an article called Partnership, Instability, and Child Well-Being. Educational achievements. Children in grades 7 through 12 who lived with at least one biological parent, youth that experienced divorce or separation or non-union births reported lower grade point averages than those who always lived with both biological parents. Children living with their married biological father tested at a significantly higher level than those living in a non- with a non-biological father. This comes from the family structure pathways and academics disadvantaged among adolescents study in the Journal of Marriage and Family. 71% of high school dropouts are fatherless. Fatherless children have more trouble academically, score poorly on tests, regarding reading, math, and thinking skills. Children from father-absent homes are more likely to be truant from school, more likely to leave school or quit school at the age of 16, and more likely to obtain academic, or more, excuse me, more likely not to obtain academic professional qualities or qualifications in adulthood. This is by the vital, this is found in the vital importance of parental presence in children's lives from psychologytoday.com, they're a blog. Crime. 
A study using data from the National Longitudinal Study of Adolescent Health explored the relationship between family structure and risk of violent acts in neighborhoods. The results revealed that if the number of fathers is low in a neighborhood, then there is an increased occurrence of teen acts of violence. Statistically, they showed that there is a 1% increase in the proportion of single families in a neighborhood to a 3% increase to adolescent violence. In other words, adolescents who live in neighborhoods with a lower proportion of single families report higher levels of crime and violence. This was in the community context, social integration into families and youth violence, also by the Journal of Marriage and Family. 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes. That's 20 times the average. This is from the Fulton County, Texas Department of Corrections. Daughters of single parents without a father involve 53% more, more likely to get married as a teenager. 711% more likely to have children as a teenager. 164% more likely to have a premarital birth, and 92% more likely to get divorced themselves. 63% of youth suicides are fatherless young people. These come from the U.S. Department of Health and Census. 90% of homeless or runaway children are from fatherless homes. That's 32 times the average. <coughs> And 85% of children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes, from the centers of disease and control. That's 20 times the natural, national average. That's a lot of statistics. Dad, you matter. Dad, you matter. Now, I understand life is life. And we'd all like to live in a utopian world, an idealistic family life, an idealistic family history, an idealistic future into our families. I understand that life happens. I understand that things happen in our lives. And not everything in life is in our control. We've been talking about that the last few weeks. Sometimes we get hurt in life, and sometimes we have hang-ups in life, and sometimes habits in life cause things that we don't want to happen in life to happen. But we must understand these things have impacts on our lives. The absence of a father impacts our children. Let me just clarify. The presence of a father is not a male role model or a male figure in the home with their face in a screen or consumed by their hobbies. Fathers that make a difference are fathers that are involved in their families. Fathers that make a difference are fathers who spend time with their families. Fathers who invest in their families. Fathers who lead and guide and direct their families. I'm fearful, and maybe you've seen the same trend, that as society has devalue fatherhood 
And as society has moved away from promoting fatherhood, in its place, it's, it's putting in government to take the role of the father. There's a reason that happens. God created us to be followers. The ultimate leader in our life is supposed to be God. We were created to be worshipers. Our design is to be worshipers. And so we will worship something, and what we worship is a thing of authority in our lives. We are made to surrender and submit to a leader in our lives. So spiritually, God is our leader. Naturally, fathers are our leader. Now, some people are going to say, you're preaching a very patriarchal message today. Well, it's in the Bible, so let's just stay with the Bible. This probably won't qualify as woke. <laughs> but in the absence of the authority and the leadership of a father, we have government coming in trying to raise our children. We have people in authority trying to put rules and, and define morality for us. Did you know I don't need a board to define the morality of my family? Dad, you should define the morality of your family. And you should use the word of God as the basis for the morality that you lead your family. Well, that's an ancient book. Well, it worked for how many thousands of years? Why should we try something new now? Thou shalt not kill is a pretty good rule. It's a pretty good moral basis. Thou shalt not commit adultery is a pretty good moral basis. You look at families that have turmoil and trouble. I know I'm meddling. But when dads get involved with people who aren't their wife, stuff happens in families. Breakup happens in families. Hurt happens in families. Baggage happens in families. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. What an incredible commandment from the Bible. Can I make that 2020? I'm just filling my oats today. Jesus, help us. You shouldn't covet your neighbor's wife, and neither should you covet the less than moral female on your screen. Hear me today, Dad. You make a difference in your home. And the morality that you live is the morality of your home. We don't wait for a government official or an official stance from a school board to make the decisions for the morality of our homes. We look in the Word of God, we understand the Word of God, and we let it lead us in what it means to be moral. What is morality? Morality is the law of right and wrong. So what's right? Well, the Bible tells us God is righteous, which means he is the definition of what is right. So if I want to do what's right, I'll do what God leads us to do. And oftentimes God judged people, the heathens and even his people, when they would live unrighteously. They would do the things that were not right. So if you want to know what's right, study the scripture for righteous. And if you want to know what's wrong, study the scripture for unrighteous. Now those are two Christian biblical words. Righteous and unrighteous. Right and not right. 
Dad, you make a difference. Now, I understand these statistics may represent a past. But they don't have to represent the future in households. They may represent previous generations. They may represent other associated family units in your larger family as a whole. But they do not have to represent your family. Dad, you have the ability to make a difference and to make a change and to lead your family into its future. And one of the greatest things you can do for your family is to speak blessing over your family. Dad, don't curse your family. Fathers, don't curse your family. When your kid breaks your favorite tool, don't curse your family. But find ways to bless your family. What does it mean to bless somebody? That's kind of a churchy word. Bless somebody. Do you ever go to work and say bless you? I mean, maybe if someone sneezes. What does it mean to bless somebody? It simply means to speak good into someone's future. I bless you. I speak good into your future. I pray that you have the peace of God this week in your household. That's a blessing. It's a blessing spoke over you, and it's definitely a blessing if it happens. Speak good into someone's future. Use your words and actions to communicate success. Use your words and actions to help someone in your household who's going through tough times overcome them. Speak words of hope. Speak words of love to your children. Speak blessing on them. Happy Father's Day. A father's blessing. How many children have lived the expectations? Many. How many children have lived the expectations that a father spoke over them? Many. In anger, a dad may say harsh words. Well, oh, you ain't never going to live up to nothing. That's not right. Well, you're going to fail at everything. Dad, if you have those words go through your mind when you're angry, you need to take a time out. Sometimes it may feel like we need to put our child in timeout, but let's just be honest with ourselves. We need to go to timeout. And then we're done, then we can come back and we can appropriate deal with the child in their timeout. Speak blessing over your child. I'm punishing you because I want you to be better. I'm not punishing you because you're dumb. I'm punishing you because I want you to be better. You get the contrast. Let's go to Genesis chapter 28. Yeah, I do have a Bible today. <laughs> Genesis chapter 28, verses 1 and 4. <clears throat> Genesis 28, 1 says, And Isaac called Jacob 
and blessed him and charged him. We'll skip to verse 4. And gave thee the blessing of Abraham to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. You can be seated. Thank you for standing in respect to the reading of God's word. <clears throat> this passage of scripture, this, these couple of verses that I'm pulling out, kind of set the stage, kind of tell us the summary of a bigger story. If you're familiar with the story of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you know the story where Abraham was traveling, and, Isaac, and he was called by God to reach out. And he reaches out to Abraham and calls him out of the land of his fathers and out of the land of idolatry and teaches and tells Abraham, go find the land that I'm going to give you. And Abraham begins the journey for a land that he doesn't know its destination. But as he's journeying, God's telling him promises. Everywhere your feet walk, I'm going to give it to you. Everything that you can see from this mountaintop, I'm going to give it to you. Your children are going to be as many as the stars in the heaven. Your descendants are going to be like the sand on the seashore. And God's making all these incredible promises to Abraham. Then Abraham makes the same promises and passes that blessing to his son, Isaac. And this isn't just Abraham that passes it. It's after Abraham passes the blessing to Isaac, Isaac has his own encounter with God, and he receives the same blessing. The blessing of Abraham, your father, is upon you, and your, your descendants shall, shall be as the sand of the seashore and as numbered as the stars in the heavens. And all the places where your father has traveled, it'll be your land. I'll take you to a promised land. What an incredible passing on of a blessing, a father's blessing from Abraham to Isaac. It passed from one generation to the next generation. And so here we are in Genesis 28, and we're reading again. And now Isaac is doing the same thing his father did to him. He's doing to Jacob. But Isaac didn't pass Jacob his own blessing. He intentionally gives to Isaac the blessing of Abraham. You're starting to get the picture how a father's blessing passed from one generation to the next generation. Isaac says, I give you the blessing of Abraham. To you and to your seed. I bless you and your children. Isaac had a vision that's big enough that said, the promises of God are not limited to my father. The promises of God aren't limited to me. The promises of father aren't limited to my children. The promises of God are big enough that they can fill up my child's life and overflow into my grandchildren's life. This is the blessing of a father. Isaac was passing on what he received from his father. And so I have to ask today, Dad, are you willing to see your children receive the same blessings in their life that you've received in your life? Dad, if you were to sit down and write out all the blessings that's happened in your life, have they been passed on to your children? Has the revelation of the mighty God in Jesus Christ been passed on to your children? 
has the beauty of the gospel of Jesus Christ been passed on to your children? Has the, the blessing of living a godly lifestyle separated unto God, has that beautiful story been shared and passed on to your children? Has the protection of Jesus Christ and His blood been passed on to your children? Has the heritage of living in a home where God is central been passed on to your children? If you've received these blessings, you're obligated to pass them on to your children. Pray this blessing. Pass this blessing on to your children. There's something else I found in the life of Isaac. Isaac was willing for his children to inherit part of a blessing that he still had not yet seen come to pass. Isaac didn't see his descendants numbered as the sand of the seashore. Isaac didn't inherit everywhere his father had walked. Yet Isaac was determined it was God's blessing, it was God's promise, and it won't stop at my generation. I'll pass it on to the next generation. I wonder how many fathers or even families that have received a promise or a blessing from God. And I would ask you today, are you secure enough in God's promise that if it doesn't happen in your generation, you believe it'll happen in the next generation. You'll pass it on to the next generation. Maybe it's the promise that God gave to you, but you're not the one to fulfill it. It's to be the next generation that lives it. Reminds me of the story of David. David wanted to build a house for God. He did all the planning. He did all the organizing. He even began the purchasing of the building materials. But he wasn't able to fulfill the wish and the desire of his heart. <coughs> but David didn't just throw in the towel and say, well, I guess if I can't do it, nobody can do it. What a pathetic attitude. What a pathetic attitude. Well, if God's not going to bless me and my generation, well... The next one, I have to dig it out themselves. Really? Pass it on to the next generation. If God brought you 50% of the way to his promise, don't make the next generation dig out that 50% of the promise. Hand it to them and let them run to the finish line. Just like David gave it all to Solomon. <coughs> and Solomon took it. And Solomon built upon it. And he built the most beautiful place for God to dwell. Not just the temple for God to dwell, but all that Solomon did was beautiful. So much so that when the queen of Sheba came, she passed out. She fainted from its beauty. I sure hope you're not jealous of your children. Hold on. Did you know jealousy will kill the blessing? If you're jealous of your children having a greater success than you in life, I've got questions. 
If your children are doing something and they're progressing further in life uh, and they're being blessed beyond your blessing and you're jealous of them, you need to take inventory. I want my kids to do better than me. I want my kids to be more educated than me. I think I told you the story the other day. My son was doing his calculus class, and I walked in, and I was like, hey, if you've got any problems with your calculus, you just let me know. I'll do my best to help you. I'll Google it for you. I have to Google how to spell calculus, much less how to do it. God bless them. God prosper them. God encourage them. God lift them up. God give them favor greater than the favor I've had. God lead them in the places of influence more than I've had. God lead them into the miraculous greater than me. God give them more anointing in their life than I have in my life. God bless my children greater than I've been blessed. That should be the prayer of every father. God bless my children greater than I've been blessed. Because your blessing should be the beginning of your children's blessing. Where your blessing stops should be where your children's blessing begins. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 28. So Isaac gave his blessing to Jacob. And we understand the story of Jacob. He wrestled with God. He wrestled with the angel. If you want to get theological, he wrestled with the theophany of God. And in that moment of wrestling, he was injured in his hip, his thigh. He left differently than he showed up. Not just physically, but in name. He was no longer Jacob, but he became Israel. (coughs) And so this guy named Israel had 12 sons. And here's the Bible tells us in Genesis 49 and 28. And these are the 12 tribes of Israel, his 12 sons. And this is that their father spake unto them and blessed them, every one according to his blessing, he blessed them. Israel, Jacob, prayed a unique blessing on each of his children. He passed on 12 blessings. We have the power, fathers, to speak either success or defeat into our children. We have the power to lead them to promise or to failure. Lead them to success or to disappointment. Speak blessing into your children's lives. If you have a heritage of being blessed, carry it forward. If you're here today and for whatever reason, you've not been the recipient of your earthly father's blessing then today's the day to set the stake in the ground and say this is the blessing and this is where it begins and this is what I'm passing on to my children. (coughs) 
pass the blessing to the next generation. You can either be the blesser of your children or you can be the one that causes the cycle of dysfunction to keep churning in your family. <coughs> We've been talking through the road to recovery. If there's ever a reason to find healing in our lives, whether it's an addiction, whether it's a hurt, whether it's a hang-up, whether it's just a struggle that we deal with in our life, if there's ever a reason to find a solution for that, to find healing for that, to find recovery for that, it's so that I don't pass it to the next generation. Let me ask every father, and maybe it's not just fathers, do you want your children to struggle with the same things you struggle with? Do you want the same hang-ups that bother you in your spirit and in your mind to be the things that trouble your children? No, 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 no. So let's find healing for those. Let's find solutions for those. Let's find recovery from those things so that we can move forward in who it is God has called us to be. And so we see in the Bible a, a biblical example and a principle laid out to us where one father passes to his children, his child or children, the blessings that they receive. And I think this is a great biblical principle for us as fathers to hold on to and to replicate in the lives that we live. But there's another example in Scripture that I want us to look at. It's in John chapter 17, verses 20 through 22. This is Jesus in the garden, and Jesus is praying. John 17 and 20 are some of the words Jesus was praying. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their words. <clears throat> that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us that the world may believe that you sent me, and the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. This is a powerful prayer. How many believe in Jesus Christ? So verse 20 I pray not for these alone, he's talking about those that are with him, but also for those who believe in me. Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prayed for you. If you believe in Jesus, you are the subject of his prayer. He prayed for you. He prayed for those that would believe on him in the near future. He prayed for those that would believe on him in the far future. Jesus Christ, as God, manifested in flesh, prayed for you and I that we would be blessed. Our Heavenly Father blessed us. Your Heavenly Father blessed you that you would have a revelation of who He is, that you would understand His power, that you would ex experience His might in your life. Jesus prayed for you that the gospel would be fulfilled in your life. He prayed that you would believe on him and his purpose for being sent. 
Jesus Christ, our heavenly Father, prayed a blessing on your life. He prayed that you would be in perfect union with Him. The same as the humanity of God and the divinity of God were in union with one another. The Bible tells us that He is in us and we are in Him. Here in just a little bit, we're going to have a baptism and Arabella will join into the family of God. We must be in Him as He is in us. This is a Father's blessings. In other words, Jesus prayed that the same closeness that existed in the beginning would be restored through His death and we would be in perfect union with God. Did you know just the same as Adam and Eve would walk in the cool of the day with God, you can have the same relationship with God today? Now, we still live in a fallen world. You don't get to live in paradise. Sorry. You don't get to live in the Garden of Eden where everything is provided for you. You don't get to live in an uncursed world. No, we live in a world of, that's cursed because of sin. But we don't have to live under the curse of sin. We can live above sin because Jesus Christ died for us. God gave us the greatest blessing when he manifested himself in flesh and came and lived among us and was tempted in all manner like we have been tempted. And then he went and died on a cross and shed his blood for us. What the greatest blessing that could ever be passed from one generation to the next is the redemption from our sin. And that is what Jesus Christ did for you and I. That is a father's blessing. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.